Hey guys, welcome to Overcrest. I'm Chris. And I'm Jake. And we have a fun episode for you guys today. Dune Kasu is coming on to talk about the art of rally and game development. And, you know, some of his travels around in a van. It is... <laughs> It is a great game, and I've I've never we've never had a game developer on the podcast before, so I'm no. really really excited to talk to him and see see what he. So you're not a gamer, I'm really not. You're not. No, I am. So I love this game. What what is your impression after seeing it and looking at it? Yeah, I I love how simple and stylized it is. It's so it's almost like an arcade game, but at the same time, it's way higher quality of design. Like, as a UI guy, I appreciate really good design. So I love the design, the aesthetic of the whole game, but it's simple enough to just hop in and have fun. You know what I mean? It's yeah, not like... It's, it's modern, hard. Part of the, <laughs> yes, that's the other thing is it's challenging. But part of the reason I'm not into modern games is it's just so involved. You know what I mean? Right. And so, that's what I love about this is it's it's... It's simple and fun. There's been a lot of reviews of the game, you know, in the media and stuff like that. One of them says, quote, it's rare that a game's title so succinctly captures its essence, but Art of Rally ticks every box. Yep. And it does. When you think Art of Rally, you're thinking, oh, the art of driving, the art of, you know, you know. But also, it's a double entendre because it is art. It is. The game it's is so is, beautiful that it is just art. So they have like 50 cars, 60 tracks. It's got a leaderboard. It's a fantastic <laughs> game. I highly suggest everyone take a look. Um, before we get on the horn with uh, with Dune, what have you got for us? Yeah, let's take a moment to talk about our sponsor, Petrol Box. Petrol Box, as you know, is a monthly service made specifically for the automotive enthusiast. Each month, they carefully select items, including tools, detailing supplies, apparel, garage gear, stickers, and publications to be sent right to your doorstep. It's sort of a curated selection of the latest and greatest gear in the industry, and there's two different levels of subscription to choose from. You have the Petrobox Basic, which costs less than 20 bucks a month, while the Petrobox Premium gets you even more gear for $39.95 a month. Check them out at mypetrolbox.com, and be sure to use the code OVERCREST at checkout to get $6 off your first month. All right, man. Mr. Dune Kasu, thanks so much for hanging out with us. Wow, well, thank you. I'm uh, super flattered you guys hunted me down for this one. I saw the game, Art of Rally, and I always go on, I sit down, you know, it's, you know, 8.30 at night, 9 o'clock at night, I go sit down and look at Game Pass on Xbox, and then I see this game that says Art of Rally, and of course, you know, being an, an automotive enthusiast and, and guy that's played racing games his whole life, I saw this game and I just had to play it and it's amazing. And then of course I had to seek out who made the game and that's you. Where are you right now? Cause I was reading the kind of like the bio on the, the fun selector, which is I'm guessing the, 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 the studio, the, the or... studio put the game out. Where are you? It says you travel a lot. Where yeah. are you right now? Um, right now we're in the French Alps um, at this place called Morzine, just h hanging out here for a month and like working Working at, at the same time as well. What, what are you doing? What, what's, what work are you doing there? Can you tell oh, me? Oh, just normal work, like running the company, like running the company and doing development. Um, like it's, that company's all remote. Um, I'm the only like full-time Canadian employee. And then the rest of them, rest of the people are all over the world, like America, Australia, um, Uzbekistan, Europe, Belgium. Uh, Bulgaria. So it's, I don't know, the time zone, we're just like straddling a ton of time zones all the time. So <laughs> how do you um, pull together? A team I guess we have like the freedom that. to run around. I, I guess it was just a, I don't know. 
an accident. Maybe not an accident, but just like um, networking with with like developer friends um, and also people just reaching out to us um, out of the blue and then me just reaching out to people out of the blue as well. So yeah, it's kind of like a Motley crew all over the world. Um. <laughs> well, that's cool. It must, it must make for diverse ideas. You know, was it like a discord that you guys kind of all got together on or how did you even find out about these other developers? Cause when I look at the names, the, the, the names, obviously it's, it's extremely diverse. Yeah, uh, let me see. I guess every every single one is like a bit of a different story, probably. But <laughs> but for our developer, like like Aaron, um, our creative producer, he um, we've been friends going back like a really long time. Um, so we hired him like before the like during the launch of Art of Valley on PC in 2020, and then um, we had um, a person named Jer working for us as a producer and his partner Zia, and then they. They recommended us basically all our developers, so or all of our all of our developers in Australia. So three developers there. Okay, so you've got this cool game. You also have um, the 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 Zen of Drift. I think is that it's the drifting game, which is super cool too. Absolutely true. Yes. Yeah. And so where did this come from that you wanted to design a game? Were you doing things before these two games came out? These driving games. What what led you down the path to making a driving game? Uh, let me see. What was I doing? Basically, um, I was in school, like post-secondary school for um, video game programming, like to be trained like, to work at like a company to just to program video games, basically. Um, and then in that last term, I started using this game engine called Unity, which makes it a lot easier to create games than um, like doing everything yourself. And basically, um, I saw this Ken Block Gymkhana video. I think it was Gymkhana 5. Yep. It was kind of like a video game inspired or like video game themed. Um, and I was like, holy crap, I want to make a game that's kind of similar to this. And I've been playing the game Mirror's Edge, which is like a 3D like parkour game with yep. um, like minimalistic colors. And then, yeah, basically like made that um, over a weekend. Great soundtrack in that game, by the way. Mirror's game. Edge. Killer soundtrack in that game. Yeah, <laughs> I love everything about that game. So, um, what about cars? Yeah, what was it about yeah, so, cars that made you turn into to that in terms of the game that you wanted to develop? Or did you kind of, when you were going to school, want to develop a car game? Um, I didn't really have any ideas of like what I wanted to make in school. I was playing around with like a lot of different ideas, but the whole car like car thing mostly came from video games. Like growing up, I played a ton of racing video games, like the Dirt series. Need for Speed, Colin McRae Rally, um, a bunch of those classics. Um, and then I don't know. I guess it was kind of imprinted in my mind to to make to go into a racing game eventually. So were you into games? Kind of. Or I'm sorry, into cars as outside of developing. Were you driving cars? Did you have a cool car growing up? Was it something you you know treated as a hobby as well? No, not at all. Unfortunately. Um, I was more into mountain bikes growing up. Like I basically just poured all my money as a little kid <laughs> or a broke like teenager just into mountain bikes. Um, I never, I was just boring my parents' cars actually for the most part. Um, yeah, I guess you have to choose. Like it, it's like a big endeavor, endeavor, like going full cars or full like mountain bikes or into one sport, I guess, as being younger and uh, limited, limited funds, I guess. 
So when I think of like uh, mountain biking, I think of these games where, you know, I think of uh, Excite Bike, of course, way back in the day. But but I but I think of the you yeah. know the games where there's a dude on a bike and it's all physics based, where you go off the ramps and you can kind of do flips and stuff like that. Why didn't you choose to kind of go into that realm if that's what you were already doing and you chose to go into cars instead? If cars weren't really like uh, a, a big thing that you were into. And hold on, just a sec. We can't do the headphones. There's yeah. too much background noise. For some reason, there's just a lot of background okay. noise. Oh. Um, yeah, actually, I think there's a concert outside. Let me close the doors. I'll close some of the windows. Okay, how is this then? Is this better? Yes. Yeah, it's better. Okay, awesome. I forgot what I asked. Oh, yeah. the uh, why, why mountain bikes instead of, or why cars instead of mountain bikes? Because, you know, I was thinking about all the games. Yeah. Um, well, basically, cars, they're just like a box with some wheels and the only thing moving is the wheels and like the, the front wheels turn a little bit, but with a, like a biking game, let's say you have to have like the bike, which isn't as complicated as doing like the whole animating of the, like the person on the bike. And that's just hard. And that's not, I'm really bad at animating. So moving a box <laughs> around and just playing with that world is a lot easier, especially with like drifting and stuff. Just, it's, it's easier. I think. Okay. So you decide you're, you're done with school. You decide you're going to make a game and it's going to be a car game. And you're not, I, I just kind of assumed that you were like a car guy, but you're not a car guy. So you don't really necessarily know about like physics of cars, how they work, you know, how they feel and what they're going to be like when they're out rallying or whatever. How did you come to, you know, because w one thing that I noticed in the game, this is how I knew that whoever made the game knew what they were doing is you can clutch kick the cars. You can, <laughs> you can hit the clutch, rev up the motor and then drop the clutch, which is something I do when I'm driving and I want to drift my car. So there's, there had to have been some sort of education or experience because otherwise you would never, ever know to put that in a game. Yeah, I guess it's from like a little bit of playing games like Dirt um, like dirt 2 and 3 going up into the... Like that was like the most recent games I played before I made Absolute Drift. Um, but basically it's just like a car, like a car physics plugin I used um, for this game, but it was... I guess it didn't drift very easily at all. It was pretty, had some pretty big down, like, I guess things that made it, the controls terrible. Um, so I had to just tear it apart and do a lot of learning and tweaking about it. Um, and I guess comparing it to existing racing games that were on the market as to like what the controls are and stuff. But yeah, I guess that was like a trial by fire. Like I learned a lot about car physics um, just by tearing that thing apart. Um, did you, yeah, out and and like did you get out and drive anything real? Um, no, I, I guess the, the closest thing was just doing donuts and sliding in the snow in a pickup truck. Um, but yeah, like I just was, it was only bikes, I think. For me. I, I wanted to have cars, but they're just pretty expensive. I, I was pretty broke at the time. Okay. Um, so what, some yeah. of the games that I was inspired by when I was a kid, and that your game kind of reminds me of this. I want to talk about the style of the game a little bit, because that's one of the, one of the best things about the, the game is the style. And, you know, in a, in a world where or in a gaming world where graphics are, you know, everybody's pushing graphics, right? Like I have a, in my computer, I've got a, a 3090, right? A GeForce 3090. Nice. So, you know, like <laughs> you're, you're playing Battlefield or Call of Duty or whatever, and you're trying to get the most frames that you can and how many textures can you jam in there? And the games are 300 gigabytes and all this stuff, right? It's just massive <laughs> amount of visual impact. And then what I think about when I was a kid, 
and I was driving uh, an RC Pro-Am. I don't know if you know RC Pro-Am. Yeah, and, yeah. And yeah. Micro Machines. Micro Machines was, is what I really think of when I think of like the, the drifting game that you did in the Art of Rally where it's kind of this not quite top down, but like almost top down and you're and you're driving around in these worlds like you're driving around on a pool table with like playing cards that are set up on <laughs> poker chips and you go off jumps. But it's just kind of like this oh, this yeah. cool thing where you just kind of drive around and enjoy these little cars. And even that has like a little bit more I don't want to say it does not obviously does not look as good as your game, but even that had a little bit more detail than your game does. And what would you say the style is of your game? And where did you come up with the idea to make it that way? Um, let me see. I, I guess I was struggling to put a name on the style, but there's, there's been like some trends in um, indie games and like 3D graphics um, for, that have like changed or come up in the past, say like five to seven years. Um, I'd probably call it like, I think, yeah, the word now is, like, stylized. So um, it's kind of like a minimalistic take on, on nature. So you you have you try to, like, um, have a recognizable silhouette of, like, the trees and um, the nature that you're trying to put into the game and, the, and also the art. But you do away with a lot of the detail. And you can make up for, it, for a lot of it with, like, the lighting now. Um, yeah, the, the lighting, that helps a lot. <laughs> yeah, the game looks really ethereal. I mean, it's like the lighting is really warm and, and, and it feels really good. Was there a moment when you were, you know, kind of tweaking the environment where you're like, whoa, that's it. This is it. This is what it's going to look like. <laughs> yeah, it's probably when I when I added the volumetric lighting to the game. Um, so volumetric lighting, it kind of simulates like God rays in games or in the sky and like basically like atmospheric particles that... Um, get obscured with like that can be like shadowed out with like mountains or trees and they just give you that nice glow so that was yeah, that was when I, I realized we had to have it unfortunately it's pretty heavy on performance um but that's just a totally we had to follow how do you pick the cars that are going to go in this game because you've got 50 over 50 rally cars from 60s 70s 80s group b which is you know kind of like the legendary you know racing group how did you pick the cars mm -hmm. Um, well, I guess for the record, they're all like it's fully unlicensed. There, yeah. I saw the names are like uh, cars. Porsche nine one nine, or that's not the right number, but it's just kind of all these. You can tell what it is, but the names out there, and that's cool. That's okay. You know, that's been happening in video games for decades, right? That's been going on for decades. Everybody knows what it is. Yeah, so I guess it's just inspired by like the classic, boxy, um, production cars that were made into rally cars. Um, or or vice versa, actually, with group with like group B and group S, um, and group B, I guess. But yeah, I guess just the style is super cool. Like I think after the '90s, the all the cars started to get super smooth and rounded, um, and they kind of lose their personality. I think like like in the '60s or '70s, if you look at a car like a, a rally car, like it's unmistakable what it is. But nowadays, it's they start to all look pretty similar and kind of smoothed out. And I don't know, just not as not as cool, I guess. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you had these these old cars where, you know, when I was a kid, I would be sitting in the in the back seat of the car, and this is this is the eighties. And you could you could see the oncoming despite there only being a few different types of headlights that existed back then, when the cars were oncoming at night, 
you could always guess what it was. And you could do this guessing game based on the, the layout of the headlights, where they were on the car, all these different things. And, and there was so much diversity in design back then. And you're right. Everything's got it rounded off. Everything is like this, like, it's like the designer started with a bar of soap and didn't really do much after that. It doesn't, didn't really change. The design was so much better back then. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of coffee, like coffee, I guess, or like being influenced. Like, I think I was driving on the highway a while back and I, I thought there was like a super cool like, Audi S4 or something behind me. And it turned out to be like, just looking at the headlights, how sharp they were. And it turned out to be like a Hyundai. Okay. Just I, know. I was disappointed <laughs> it's almost like when you hear a car and you're like "Ooh, that sounds pretty good and then it drives by and it's just like some old car with a broken exhaust yeah and, you're, <laughs> it's like, oh. and you're always just just kind of disappointed yeah. so the the game takes place all over the world finland sardinia norway japan germany kenya 60 rally stages and I, are they procedurally mm-hmm. generated or like are they randomly generated how does how do the worlds are they built for each track um, it's all handmade, so I just built them. Um, just, I guess, learning learning as well. Like, <laughs> there's been a lot of stuff thrown away, but yeah, basically, just figuring out what you want the style of the roads to be like, and then figuring out what the terrain is. Yeah, what, what t- like what style of terrain you're gonna have, and then just, I guess, placing a road through there, and hopefully, it's fun. Doing a lot of testing and stuff, and. Um, so yeah, there was a lot of like, like you building a map and then being like, oh, that wasn't fun at all. And you just have to chuck it in the garbage. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Like, I guess making roads, like making rally roads and stuff, it's it's a lot of fine tuning. Um, yeah, it took a lot of learning. So, yeah, I definitely threw out like years of levels for sure. And when I was learning how to make make all the roads for it. Did you ever look at like real rally stages or, you know, historic races or uh, even like Pikes Peak comes to mind for inspiration on some of the components of these tracks? Yeah, definitely. Like lots of historical rallies um, throughout, like throughout the ages. And then, yeah, definitely I've played like, I've watched like Pike videos, Pike Peak videos and um, played, played it in games as well, dirt rally. So... Um, but yeah, they have different styles, I guess, the areas. So just tried to incorporate that style into into our game. Well, I find it amazing because the without having a ton of experience driving on track and doing things like that, like that, you did nail some of the some of the momentum that you get when you're driving in some of these games. And obviously, you were able to compare to other games and stuff like that. But you did you did, you did a really good job. Um, so with Thank this you. with this game. If you were what what's the elevator pitch for this game? When you were first <laughs> when you were first trying to sell it to publishers, this game, the, the the drifting game, whatever, what was how did you convince people that it was cool? Like what did you if if someone hadn't played it, because it's easy now, we can be like, yeah, Art of Rally, it's in the Xbox store. It's awesome. People are putting time trials up. They're they're really excited about the game. There's you know, active this, active that's cool game. But back then nothing existed. How did you convince people that what you were doing was cool? um let me see i guess it was a few years ago probably like into 2019 2018 uh i guess the game was kind of under wraps for a for a long time it was just kind of something i was working on forever and it was i was just hoping that people who played our first game would play this um like play people who played absolute would be like oh cool this this company's making a new game um we'll check it out but yeah i guess eventually when we started um when it became public and trying to 
polished edges of it. The pitch was like, Art of Rally is a minimalistic, stylized racing game about mastering the art of rally. I think that's that's roughly the elevator pitch. I think maybe maybe add like with like simulate with like challenging controls or something. To that. I think the name itself is so fitting to the game art of rally because the 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 whole aesthetic of the game and what you talk about being stylized i mean it it really is just beautiful the whole visuals of the game are so beautiful it is art yeah and it's it's interesting when you think about the way video games are made one of the you know I, i i'm a gamer i play a lot of games and one of the things that always bothers me about games and i think something like borderlands is probably really really guilty of this is the HUD, which is a heads-up display on the game, sure. is out of control. There's so much <laughs> shit happening on the, on the screen, right? Whether it's it's and even in a racing game where it's like you've got you know all the I always select out to whatever I can see, whatever is the most minimalistic version of of the game, and I think that uh, Horizon is yeah. uh, Forza Horizon has has done a pretty good job of being immersive, but most games there's just so much shit going on, and what what made you was it a was it a uh, a product of the unity engine that you were working in that limited you or what made it that you wanted to make it so simple because it is one of the best parts of the game is how simple it is which kind of allows you to kind of zone out and enjoy driving the car mm-hmm. uh, let me see yeah it wouldn't be limitations of the unity engine it can do Pretty much, if you're like in that sense, you're just limited by yourself or your skill or the skills. Um, but yeah, it was like the whole premise was starting with Absolute Drift, the first drifting game, which is super minimalistic, and just building a rally game that would be, I guess, like a spiritual successor. So, um, like a big thing in rally games is the pace notes and the co-driver. Um, that takes a lot of work to get right, and like lots of voice acting and stuff and tuning. So. I figured we don't need it if we have a high camera and that does away with a lot of the distraction of like someone yelling at you, like where to go and stuff. So basically I just want to remove all the distractions and keep it like where you, it's just you in the car. So um, yeah, the, the, the minimalistic UI was done on purpose. So it's just supposed to like fade out, I guess fade out. Like when you're really driving, like you don't really need to look at the speed or the, um, and the thing, you can just hear the engine and then shift by that. And then I guess just finish the stage and be, I guess hopefully you, you reach some sort of like flow state where you just, you just are where you are and you don't need to look at the head too much. Yeah, I think that's great. And it's funny, some of the reviews that you list on the website, I think are specific to that because it says the art of rally is essentially meditation for patchel heads. And I think having such a simplified <laughs> UI and like you said, you get into flow state. It is, it's, you know, it's like meditating. It's this relaxation of being able to just, play the game and the fun yeah i explore driving a lot and i i always call it my my defragmentation time right it's (laughs) it's the it's the flow state that you get into oh yeah so you say that you were inspired um using the environments when you're traveling around in your van tell us about your van and and maybe an adventure you had or or why you decided to start driving around in the van in the first place um yeah let me see so after absolute drift um didn't have enough money to buy a house in vancouver which is like one of the most expensive cities in the world, unfortunately. So I was like, okay, what else can we do? Um, I didn't want to have an apartment because they're too, I guess, confining. So um, just decided to build up a van. Like I'd gone on a road trip like one summer um, 
by my parents' tech, like went went around America and like made some new friends and visited people, and then figured, okay, we can do this. So basically, just bought a cargo van, the Ford Transit. Um, it's just like a shell, like empty inside, um, all metal, and then just spent a winter converting it. Um, did you have previous yeah, skills to do that? Stuff? I mean, that's, or did you just kind of wing it? Mostly winging it. Like I guess high school electronics, like teaching how to solder and like mess with twelve volt, um, like twelve volt electricity. And then a bit of carpentry skills, like hack, like hack carpentry skills from working with my dad, but nothing, nothing professional at all. So, so I'm trying to imagine like this thing, like together. as a as a gaming producer's van. I'm imagining two versions of this. I'm imagining kind of like the the normal camper van version of, of people that you see out driving around on Instagram, where they got the bed and then you know they got their things. And then I'm imagining like for yeah. some reason like a cyberpunk interior on this van. <laughs> what was what was it like in there? <laughs> um it's pretty it was pretty simple the first run or the first version of it um it's more like an adventure van slash uh game making van i guess like (laughs) it's just kind of like kind of like bikes and climbing gear and like pretty dirty um and then it also has like a roof rack for surfboards and stuff and then solar panels on the top but yeah i don't know just like a diy like van that worked it has like a fridge and um sink and, and water so you can just be self-sufficient and then basically it's a table with um, 120 volt electricity to hook up like a laptop and a monitor and stuff so so um, you developed most of the game in this van i'm trying to think it was a lot of like going in the van for long like long trips and then coming back and staying in one place for like half a year or something and then going out again so maybe like half of it was i think well, I think it's fitting. So I'm on the uh, Internet Game Car database, and it does list the Ford Transit Fun Selectors van as a vehicle that you can play in the game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can unlock it if you um, if you go through the career mode. So it's funny. <laughs> I'll have to try that. I have I've only played it for about an hour and a half or two hours so far. So I I mean I literally yeah. last week downloaded the game, played it, and contacted you immediately. So I haven't had <laughs> I haven't had a had a ton of time. <laughs> So where have you taken the van? What's awesome. been like one of your favorite adventures that you've you've been in that thing? Uh, probably Mex- to Mexico. That was the craziest, um, the craziest one I think. Basically, yeah, I just drove it down the west coast from like Vancouver um, through like Oregon, California, then Baja, and then um, there was a hurricane, and we were trying to take this ferry from Baja to the mainland, and it's just all sorts of craziness going on so we got delayed and like got stuck in places um but yeah basically went there and then just made a ton of friends like through riding bikes um and surfing around and stuff and it was just so cool like mexico has a bit of a reputation to be like super dangerous and and scary if you if you live in um like canada or america but going down like the people were super friendly and it was beautiful and just yeah that was my favorite trip i think but going around the west coast of america is really pretty too like the beaches and then all the national parks and the desert and stuff yeah the solitude of the desert is good it's good for morale if i'm going to be designing a game or thinking about gaming or trying to conceive of almost anything i've conceived a lot of ideas out in the desert in my car you know there's no cell phone service you know my car didn't have a radio for a long time isolation it's isolation it's the perfect place to be (laughs) so what are you working on now uh future games or what's next um, let me see. So, like, I guess for the, I guess the history we've talked about is when, like, early days, I guess. So it was mostly by myself. 
um, with collaborators for like music and art and 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 things. But then after Art of Fry launched in 2020, we were able to hire like a, a team basically. Like yeah, all the people we talked about. Um, so now we're all like, I guess we were doing supporting for Art of Rally. Um, and now we're working on, we're about to, to launch a new location for Art of Rally called Indonesia. So that'll be like a whole suite of stages and free roam and a couple of new songs as well. Well, how, so um, with this, also, oh, yeah. oh, go ahead. Sorry. Um, okay. So we all, we're, all, we're also working on some sort of mods, but like where players can create their own content, but what exactly it is, it's still unannounced. Um, but it's, all ton, it's been a ton of work and it'll be a pretty powerful tool for players. How many, uh, so how many people have you had point. playing this game? Like, can you tell us how many, how many downloads you've had? How, how that, like, how, how popular is this game? Truly, because it seems pretty serious. Um, well, it's still an indie game. Like, it's not like a Forza Horizon or even oh, for sure. Um, like a Project Cars or something. Let me see. Yeah, but you're <laughs> able to live, man. You're able to like survive <laughs> and live on this game that you built in your van. That's awesome. Yeah, we've been super fortunate with the yeah with the people buying our games and stuff. Um, for sure, I'm trying to think. We haven't checked the sales numbers for a while. Probably over, around like a hundred thousand people have bought it, probably, and then with like Game Pass and subscri- subscription services like that. Um, I mean, like so many people can just play a game as Game Pass. Right. Um, but yeah, I actually haven't checked the numbers on. How does Game Pass work? Like Xbox, if, like if it people. kind of is it kind of like having your book on Audible or something like that? Like they t- obviously take a percentage. Yeah, like, like for me, it's free, mm-hmm. but you have to get paid for yeah. it somehow. Yeah, it's kind of like. Netflix, I guess, like it's just on the subscription service, um, and then so there's just yeah, I'm not sure about the specifics, but basically they, with the developers, they give um, like a guarantee, and then it can be out on this platform um, for for a set number of months, and yeah, that's the basics. Like, like most like most subscription services for games, I guess. For sure, for sure. So after. What do you want to do after you're done with Art of Rally? Once you've got this this mod thing done and people are making their own tracks and stuff like that, is it Art of Rally 2 or is it a new, completely new project that you've been conceiving in your mind? Um, let me see. Like, ideally, we could have, like, a bunch of franchises fun up with, like, different types of motorsport. But we're a pretty small team, and it's important to do, I guess do less things well better than too many things oh for sure um, slapdash but yeah we are, we are working on i guess a game that's a bit of departure from a from our from the games we've released previously um but it's still super early days um so i'm not sure like <laughs> i guess well you can't tell us that's okay I know it's, just, it's, <laughs> it's like you're dancing around the fact that it's a secret and we're not worthy i understand <laughs> it's okay it's, yeah that's fine. well i mean like we, we just it's way too early to even like it's super early days and like we have we haven't told many like yeah how many people know about it yeah we just said like we work on a small game so we're working on like a small game quotations but it's actually a pretty complex game um but it's not it's not like as fast-paced it's like art of rally or absolute drift and we are working on another game but it's it's even earlier in in the process so it's like a like a little baby i guess um so hopefully that'll be like our big project. Um, that'll be our next. That'll be our next one. But it would be really fun to make like a an art of rally too. That'd be 
super cool. But I guess the games just take so long to make. Um, we are getting way faster with this team, but what's the dev cycle? What's the cycle on a game for you guys? Tip or for a typical indie studio? Like, how, what are we talking for a length of time? It always depends, I guess. Like this, like Idol Valley, um, it was about five years, which is like way too long and um, pretty risky. And I never want to spend that much time working on one game. Um, but why? Yeah, why is like it risky? It why, is, why is taking usually. that long so risky? Um, well, you just pour all of these resources into the into the game, and there's a big potential that it makes like nothing, and then um, that's like five years of development and like work that would just go down the drain basically. Um, so it's better to spend less time if you can. So I'm not sure, maybe like a year and a half to two years, that would be a pretty nice length of time to aim for. Like less, less would be nice if, um, if possible, but like realistically, like indie game or games just get um, delayed so much. Like there's no, I don't think there's ever games that are released early. Um, so the timelines just get pushed out and pushed out. Um, yeah, I've been noticing that more and more lately, especially with big, big label games. You know, if you looked at what, and then yeah. you look at what happened. I don't know if you're, did you play Cyberpunk at all? Um, no, I was following it. Um, I think it, it actually got announced when I, before I, like, just as I started making games, like, seven, eight years ago, I think. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was super hyped for it. And then it finally came out, like, last year. It was a disaster. It was, it was just a disaster. Uh, I was so excited for that game. You know, just the design. <laughs> I love the the aesthetic of that game the way it looked mm-hmm. and then it was just and it's sad i think it's really sad we were going to have somebody from uh, i can't remember project red was going to come on to talk about you know designing cars in that game and stuff like that and yeah. all of a sudden and they were really excited to come on and then the game came out and all the stuff happened with playstation where the game wasn't wasn't playing right and pc like i have a 3090 in my computer uh, and i was having trouble playing this game and then all of a sudden their pr department like shut down and you feel really bad for all the people that spent so much seven, eight years designing this game, right? And then, yeah. and then it, it, the game didn't suck, but it wasn't well received, and it, it's it was really, really sad. Yeah, it was rushed. Like a lot of these big games, like they just need to to release, and it seems like there's not enough testing, or yeah, I guess testing done with them. Like you can tell, like the player players are finding bugs on launch that should be found and fixed earlier so like, maybe before it was like more development type people like managing when the game is launched but now maybe with like publicly traded companies or business people there like they they basically call the shots and the development teams have to pull up the slack even though they do amazing work like that there's that super cool porsche um car in cyberpunk yeah which looks super cool you can tell there's a lot of like care and work and love put into it but yeah yeah, it, it it was, and it's you know, and there's another game I've you know been playing that came out, and I was really excited for it was Battlefield 2042, and the game's awful, and I mm-hmm. think it's because it's it's EA games, right? So it's EA games, and then they have they have shareholders, and they have a board, and they have a guy that's in charge of a guy that's in charge of the guy who's in charge <laughs> of the guy that's in charge of the game, right? So it's just like this shit just flows downhill and everything is just a complete slog. And I think that's one really cool thing about indie games is something like yours. You guys have, you know, obviously way more control than, than someone like, you know, electronic arts has over a game or a project red where they're developing, you know, Witcher and, and, uh, and cyberpunk and stuff like that. You guys have a lot more control over your project. 
yeah, that's been, um, yeah, that's, that's really true. I guess as a company grows, um, there's more bureaucracy, bureaucracy and like red tape to cut through. Um, like we're finding, I'm finding now even like, if you want to have to make something like do something, it needs to be like communicated to the whole team and, um, like approved and, and stuff like that. But before, if you're just one person making a game, like you can just do anything. It's kind of like on you. If you, if you break other things, you have to fix it. But if you're on like a bigger team that, and you break other people's like work, then that's not good. So that's why you have to like in- integrate it and have like a pipeline to flow into. But yeah, I guess it's always a, <laughs> it's always a problem. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, I guess the one question before we go that kind of stuck in my mind is, how are you guys, are you guys developing for mobile now too? I've just, just in terms of the mobile gaming phenomenon, in terms of console versus, you know, people playing on their phone, is that on your radar at all? Um, possibly. We- <laughs> this is hard, right? It's like, yeah, it, it, it's, possibly. you know, designing something for Apple. I mean, the, the process, the verification process or certification process rather for Apple must versus yeah. Xbox must be incredible apples a bunch of jerks <laughs> well actually with consoles there are a ton of rules to that you have to adhere to and um yeah it's, console development is pretty difficult too um mobile yeah mobile would be interesting you can play it you can technically play it on phones do like x cloud like um microsoft x cloud like game streaming and also um G- geforce now um so you could but yeah i guess um, we don't like doing mobile games, like mobile porting ourselves. We don't have the expertise. Um, but for for our first game, Absolute Drift, we worked with a publisher called Noodle Cake, who basically took the game and changed the controls and tuned it so that it was good for mobile. Sure. Yeah, um, I noticed that that was on the Apple Store. Dune, I really appreciate you coming thanks. and hanging out with us for a while, man. It's been cool. I, I really love your game. And I it really takes me back to some of the games I played with a kid as a kid without the the detriment of playing an old game and it feeling old. I don't know if that makes sense. Like if I go back and play some of the really ancient games now, they're just too old, but it gives me, it's a new game that makes me feel like I'm still a kid again. And I really like that. You did, you did a great job. It's the simple fun. Yeah. You should be really proud of what you did. It's a wonderful game. Where can people find out more about uh, art of rally? Um, oh, first I want to say thanks, guys. That warms my heart so much. <laughs> um, we have, what, I guess, we have a website, punselector.com, um, Twitter. We have a little bit of Instagram and tiny TikTok. Um, but yeah, that's mostly where, and, and I guess the Discord is like the biggest community that we have. Um, so you can find links on the Fun Selector website for that. All right, I will, I'll be there. Uh, I'm yeah. going to be on the Discord in moments. So I'm going to go sign up. And, oh, awesome. And I'll, I'll be there and I'll, I'll say hello to everyone. Awesome. I'll say hi as well. Um, well, yeah, thanks for having me on the podcast as well. It was, yeah, check out the website and like all the car culture and photography you guys do is amazing. Thanks. Thank we, you. We appreciate that as well. And I would love to have you on again when some of your new games come out. Just keep me in mind. And hey, if you need a beta tester, yeah. I'm there, man. I'm there. <laughs> My buddy Jeff, who's not here, who's another part of Overcrest, is like, make sure he knows that we're willing to beta test. So we're willing to beta test. Let us know. Oh, awesome. Okay. I guess we have an email list hiding somewhere, but yeah, I guess worst case, just, just hit me up. I'd, I'd be happy to come talk with you guys again. And, um, definitely like share early builds to their games and stuff. All right. Sounds good, buddy. We'll talk to you later. Thanks again. All right. Thanks again. See ya. Yeah. Bye-bye. Bye.
Now, before we get too much further, let's take a break here and talk about our sponsor, Olberg Car Care. Olberg is your source of professional detailing compounds and supplies that is research tested and developed by professional detailers themselves. These are the guys that are actually passionate about detailing and know firsthand what makes a good product. And they truly are great products. I love it's a simple, foolproof, two-step system, easy, and gives an amazing finish. And right now, they're offering a whopping 20% off your order when you use the code Overcrest. The discount code is good not only on oberkcarcare.com, but also on detailedimage.com and carsupplieswarehouse.com. Please go check them out today. So this game, I know you have not played the game yet. No, you know, I'm, I'm I, over here trying to download it. Yeah. And so I invited you over to play it. Yeah. And you just had to work. So it just I didn't know. work out. So you're still going to have to come over. Absolutely. And, and play the game. It is. And I think I, as we were saying goodbye there, I think the biggest part of why I do like the game is because it does remind me of the original games I used to play without feeling old. And, right. And I've come to, obviously, I love Rally. I love Group B. And I love that stuff, but even, and I think that I'm trying to figure out in my mind if I would still love the game as much as if if it were generic cars. I think I would. It it, it would still be fun. It would still but be that's fun, what's but so cool about this are the cars in here. The cars are awesome. What's what's cool is you'll you'll be driving, you know, and the you know on Group B where they always reach out and they would touch the cars that goes by. Yeah, they have these little people in this game, which are yeah, really I like saw this. they're like one pixel by one pixel by like five <laughs> pixel tall dudes, little dudes that run out and they get in the road and they yep. as you're driving by, they're like bouncing around, like jumping up and down. <laughs> you guys got to try this game out if you have. A, I don't know if it's on PlayStation Store. I mean, I know it's on PlayStation Store, but right now right. it's on um, Xbox Game Pass. It's free. Awesome. Go try it out. Download the game. It's on Nintendo Switch, too. It's on Switch if you have a Switch. Actually, I'm going to put it on my Switch for my kids. I'm going to go, go buy it when That'd I get home. Awesome. And, and, uh, and they can probably play together and have their times and, and see who's the faster kid, I think. Because there's global there's global uh, uh, leaderboards. Oh, cool. Yeah, so you can see how – I can see – I was able to see how, how bad you were. How yes. bad I am at this game. It's not an easy game. So not only do they have – Simple but hard to master. Yeah, not only do they have uh, – I'm just looking at the car list here. Like, they have a 911 – an early long head, which yep. is really cool. They also have a Lancia Fulvia. There's a 959, too. You drove the Lancia I Fulvia, though. I did. I think that's so cool. Yeah, they have a 959. They have old, like, Ford Cortinas. Like, yep, or, I'm exactly. sorry, Ford Escorts. They have all kinds of crazy, cool cars. <laughs> they have a Scania Log Transporter. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't. I have well, the Scania stuff, like the big trucks. Yes, rally. exactly. So that's, that's probably but this one actually is full of logs. <laughs> it's really funny. I, I like tip this. over if it's the just... Renaults. Oh yeah, this is really cool. They have really really simple solutions to the problems that you encounter in some of these games. Okay, like what? Um, like visual. Like if you're driving behind a tree, you lose track of your car in third person. You, you just lose track of your car, and then you can't drive it because it's behind a tree. Right. They just they they have like a circle that's around the car that if oh. you go off track, it like. It'll it show delete, the circle. Yeah, it deletes what is there, so you can see the car. Oh, I get so it. So it's like super simple yep. solution to a to a problem that exists in a lot of games. I like that. So, Dune, awesome. Thanks for coming on and hanging out with us. This is the first time I've ever talked to a game developer uh, on the podcast. So maybe we'll have to do that some more too. I, I really sure. enjoy talking with him. Um, what have we got going on next week? I think it's your turn. Is it my turn? It's your turn. Do you okay, know? I got a couple things that I'm working on. There are. I've been like I don't know. Recently, I've been looking to conspiracies. And weird conspiracy theories. Ooh, yeah. And there's some really interesting... Another thing that we're going to do yeah. 
is we're going to start doing two episodes a week again. Okay. We're going to do some, we're going to start to, I miss doing the news. Yeah. I miss hanging out with you and talking about the dumb shit that Tesla's doing. <laughs> yes, you're right. Now, last time we had them on, or talked news, their their stock price was fifteen hundred, and now it's like six hundred fifty bucks. Right. So I mean, there's a lot things of things have happened. Things have happened. Yes. And you know, obviously, since we started last started doing news, or when we ended doing news, till now, my entire opinion has changed on the car world, or at least in terms of modern cars. Has changed. So I'm I'm really excited to start talking about news again and, and some of that stuff. And I don't think there'll be long episodes. They'll just be whatever's in the news that week in cars. Yeah. Or maybe we'll do it every two weeks. I don't know, but I, I miss doing that. We want to get that. back on it. Yeah, I miss doing that. And I've gotten a lot of messages how from is, you guys. How has your opinion changed? Let's save that. Save that. Write that down. <laughs> and I will. That's too long. I'll, I'll, we'll talk about it on our first news episode okay. about why I want to do news again and like why it. and how my opinion has changed. Okay. All right. That's it for this week, guys. We will see you next time. Take care. Take care.